it's a bit like what you were doing, Tori, and it's about what we're both passionate in as well, you know, using our privilege and our voices to enable others, no matter whether it's about gender or about race or about disadvantage or social inequity. You know, we have a platform, we have a responsibility to do something good with it. Right. I am so excited that I have my very first guest, my very first podcast here today. So welcome, Sharifa. I am so pleased that you've come to join me today. Well, Toria, can I just say I am equally pleased, if not more. And when you invited me, my goodness me, I felt excited, humble, privileged. I am your very first guest. And, um, you know, I now need to know why I'm the first one? What What is special about me? Because I don't see myself as being anything extraordinary or special. I think you are, because what you've done is absolutely amazing. Oh, well, I didn't expect that. So thank you so much. <laughs> um, wow. Yay. Big head. Um, you're my first guest because actually you have you help me grow on a daily basis by with the discussions that we've had and for for, for our listeners out there i didn't know sharifa before gosh lockdown really i joined twitter in january around about march time i think we got to know each other through the staff room um, yes, the, the lunchtime. Yeah, that's where I think we first met each other. And then you came along to Tiny Voice Tuesday Unites. And we started to chat. Is that about right? Am I right? I think that? that's about right. I, I think we, we may have appeared on several webinars or, you know, some workshops mm. as well in between where, you know, we've been with ethical, uh, ethical leader Hannah Wilson as well. But one yes. thing that stood out when I think it was a virtual staff room, and you might be right as well. One thing that stood out was, I just saw you as someone and I just knew somehow I knew that you were beautiful not only on the outside because you are quite extraordinarily beautiful when you told me how old you are I could not quite conceive that you were of that age um and then I found out that you're beautiful on the inside as well and it's in how experienced you were and I think that really opened up my eyes that I could learn from you you've talked about how uh, you know, perhaps I've sort of helped you learn, but I think it's a two-way thing. I think your journey in life so far is so extraordinary that every single day I learn something more and I'm thinking, wow. Um, and when I say you are inspirational, um, I think I should be doing this interview and not you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that. And just to point out to everyone, I'm not 75 yet. Um, so... <laughs> That's next year. Uh, no, I, I think it, I mean, it's really interesting because I think it's through those, what I find fascinating about Twitter is that Twitter exists, but there are so many offshoots of Twitter and you've mentioned many of them. So um, Hannah Wilson at Ethical Leader does various workshops that, uh, you know, we've taken part in. Yep. Um, you and I both tend to show up. We, I think we've both attended most of the hashtag Brewed events yep. um, and watched those. We've 
you, there are so many different things that the staff room and um, for anyone that didn't know about the lockdown staff room Ruth Swales ran a lockdown staff room where people could just go along meet others and it was fabulous and it's through those things I think that you get to meet people and you just click with them I remember the very first time I saw you and I thought oh my god yes I I love what she's saying and I want to know more about her so for our listeners Tell us a little bit about you. How did you get to where you are and what you're doing now? Well, I tell you what, the journey is really interesting because um, I was born in Singapore. I grew up in Singapore, although I've lived in England now longer than I've lived in Singapore. So, you know, by the end of this conversation, people might start guessing my age. Um, when well, I you're arrived... the same age as me, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> figure out... Yeah, yeah, 74. They figure out yours, they'll figure out mine. 74. <laughs> Um, that was well over 25 years ago when I landed in Manchester. Um, you know, I did my master's in actually ancient history. And this is this is the truth. I actually did a master's in ancient history and it is ancient history now, you know. But I think that in itself opened up my eyes to possibilities as well. I mean, I connected there um, within that university and beyond as well. Uh, met my husband, got married and had four children. And those were actually my formative years, amazingly enough, because I dedicated my life to, you know, to looking after my young'uns, really, um, because, and I did say this yesterday in another conversation as well, I I couldn't afford, uh, you know, to leave my four children with someone else. And so Mm -hmm. I stayed at home. And that was when I really understood and valued education, really, really did. Uh, Both my parents were educators. Um, I knew I was going to be a teacher from about four, five. Um, And the reason for that was because both my parents held positions back where I came from, not of power, but of empowerment. And I could see that. Um, And each year in Singapore as well, we celebrate National Teachers Day. And this is a global thing. And I don't quite know why we don't celebrate it here in in England, because Mm -hmm. every year what happens is my mom and dad would receive, when I say hundreds, hundreds of cards and, oh, my goodness, gifts. But they were not massive gifts. They were little gifts, you know, the ones that we would receive at the end of the school year. So my mom would get fluffy pencils and and gorgeous picture frames that, that have been homemade or whatever. And as a child, I wanted that. Because it was glittery, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> it was just I love amazing. that. And you, I, I received all the hand me downs. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, my mum, what would she want with another, you know, 20 fluffy pens, really? And so it, it, I was, you know, I benefited from that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so I actually came into teaching in this country not that long ago. We're looking at about maybe, um, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago. When you think about my mm-hmm. age, that's actually quite young, you know, but I knew what I had to do. I think the purpose was deep inside me. And it was all through my own family and my own children as well that I needed to be there in education to make a difference. So that's that's my journey really up till today. And what is your current post? Tell us about where you work and what you do at the moment. Mm. Um, I'm a deputy head in quite mm-hmm. a small, it's only a one form entry school between Windsor and Slough. Um, it's a, it's a tiny village, you know, and it's lovely. It is by the river. It is, um, it's diverse because we are on the edge of Slough, but it's also quite affluent as well. And so we can yes. see, you know, we can see tension in that. Um, to give an example as well, just a couple of weeks ago, this was um, during lockdown, you know, partial school closure. We had um, 
a group of travelers who parked their their caravans uh, in the park right next to a school. And the language that I heard being used by local residents, you know, about about the travellers, I think I think it really hurt mm. me. It disappointed me because there is still so much discrimination out there, so much of a lack of understanding. And that's just one that you talked about, you know, how there's so many different avenues uh, in, in what we do. That's just one small bit of the amount of social issues that we currently face. Um, so being a deputy head, I do have a position of privilege in school. I would like to make, you know, certain changes that would benefit everyone. And currently, I'm aspiring to headship. Oh, that's so exciting! Can I can I just tell you about can can I just tell you about this program of headship as well? Um, because I I did a little bit of research, you know, because of course there there you know lots and lots of different programs and different av- avenues towards headship and the NPQH, which is the qualification as well. And I found through Women Ed. Um, a women-only cohort of um, NPQH. So I oh, am wow. in the second group, really, because we have the first cohort of, of um, you know, um, people who have qualified to become head teachers who have gone through that program for women only. So I'm in the second cohort, and it's very exciting. Okay, for people that don't know what Women Ed is, tell us, what is it? It's it's the most wonderful group of women who brought this together, I think. Um, their vision is for a more equitable society that is not based on gender because there's so many issues out there still based on gender, even in, in our modern progressive times. I mean, if we look at education, you know, when we look at leadership as well, who are our leaders? There's not enough women representation out there, but it's not just education. It's in every sector of society. And Women Ed is a grassroots movement you know, of women who feel empowered to empower other women. And I think it's a bit like what you were doing, Tori, and it's about what we're both passionate in as well, you know, using our privilege and our voices to enable others, no matter whether it's about gender or about race or about disadvantage or social inequity. You know, we have a platform, we have a responsibility to do something good with it. I completely agree. And I think what Women Ed are doing is absolutely fantastic. And it is about using that privilege to support and help others to have their voice heard. Sorry, do you know that their reach is now? No, well, I think you do. I mean, we can see that. I think you probably do, actually. But I think perhaps there's a good time to say <laughs> that um, their reach is now global. They have Women Ed networks all over the place. It is. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yes, it really, really is. And I think I, I've been uh, been at some of the Women Ed events recently in lockdown, and I actually never attended a live Women Ed event, nor prior to lockdown did I know anything about Women Ed. Um, so for me, going, you know, Twitter has been a really interesting journey, learning about all of these different areas. And, and to be on a Women Ed conference with people around the world discussing global issues is incredibly powerful. And that sort of, you know, gets back to the power of social media, getting heard and those connections. And I think what I want our listeners to, to come away from with this from this is the fact that actually, you know, Twitter isn't just about a tweet. It's about so much more than that. And um, you're going to be involved in hashtag Brew Ed Find Your Voice I am. at the end of the month. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited that you're going to be part of it because, again, it's about people that aren't normally heard 
being heard, about those voices um, resonating out so that actually educators globally are hearing new and different messages. Um, you know, I don't know if you want to, to say anything about the Bruehead Find Your Voice. No, I think I... Uh... I think the vision, and, and this must be your your vision, you're reaching out to a very diverse group of educators as well, because sometimes we only see one kind of education and one set of educators and the same voice over and over again. And we've discussed this, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about yeah. some people whose voices are amplified over and over again, when actually there is variety out there, you know. And um, I think what you're doing as well is encouraging others. I mean, I know you've got, I think, 30 speakers in the event Tori? I do there's yeah there's it's amazing there is going to be we've got five people sitting on a panel discussing what representation looks like in education which I think is a really really important discussion point because the word representation is used a lot but what does it actually look like what does it look like in the classroom what does it look like in the school what does it look like for governance? What does it look like for staff body? You know, <clears throat> so we've got a panel discussing that. And then throughout the day, we've got, um, I think it's 19 different slots of speakers, some doing it solo, some doing pairs, discussing things that I really hope people will walk away feeling utterly empowered by ready for the new school year you know I'm hoping that people leave it leave at the end of the day going yes I'm ready for this yeah um that's my aim really and and I think another sort of byproduct from that as well you know being feeling a bit more ready for the new academic year the challenges ahead because of course oh my goodness me we are being faced with challenges we have never faced before but also finding the voice and the voice doesn't have to be that loud yet even if it's just a whisper in their own school even if it's just talking to another colleague as well about something you've heard something that has you know made you really think so it could be about representation it could be about diversity um what i'll be talking about is actually about professional development to tell you the truth because um or performance yes. management i i do not i really do not like the word performance management and i think you know and all of us have been through it our hopefully three three times a year performance review it should be called you know, if you want to use the word performance, fine, but it's performance development. And it is about developing yourself because only when you develop yourself will you be able to develop the children that, that you teach, you know. And and I think that message has been lost, um, you know, throughout the years because I remember being anxious and fearful going to my performance review, thinking this is all, t- you know, data-driven. Have I met my target? It shouldn't be about that. It cannot be about that. So, Hopefully, within 10 minutes, I will convince others to go back to your schools. And if they still have that system, you know, start changing it. it, it it's it's not right. It's not fair. It's not just. Well, you've convinced me in about two minutes. <laughs> but I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that because actually it has to be about development. It has to be about us leading our own develop, our personal development and it not being done unto, but it's sort of coming coming out of of the conversations that we're having and I think you're utterly right you really are it's it's going to be a great a great day and I can't wait to hear you talk about um the power of 
professional development, really. Well, I tell you um, what, I can't wait because what you have done is something that, you know, not many it have achieved really you have tried to get quite a global reach into this as well and a very diverse reach you know and i think it's it's amazing it really is amazing and so exciting and i really hope that people come uh, when is it again tori 20 20- it's saturday the 29th of august and it starts at nine o'clock people just need to find my pin tweet and then it goes on for the whole day um it should finish, she hopes, by five o'clock. It was meant to finish at 4.30, but there were so many amazing people and there were so many brilliant topics that I've ended up going till about five. So it should be a phenomenal day. And I just hope that people come on board, find my pin tweet and actually take part. Because actually, even if people aren't speaking, as you know from attending the Brew Ed before, you can take part in the chat along the side and you can have your voice heard just as much yep. in that way as you can, you know, a, a presenting, I think. And that that's really powerful. I really liked, that's how I got into it initially. I was like, oh, I can put a comment and people commented back. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And people could, you know, use that chat function, but also tweet it out. I mean, that that's the power of social media, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you rightly said at the start of a conversation as well, we would never have physically in reality probably met you know um but i haven't just met you i have met so many people through twitter as well and some people yeah. I, I you know i may not agree with some of the things they say but does it matter because again that's a diversity of thought you know we are here to open up our minds to to different um you know different ideas different philosophies and i think we cannot just hear one side and the same side over and over again and that's what we've done here which is amazing and i hope it carries on and carries on and and this is a power for good i think you're right so tell our listeners that are still at the moment just tweeting how can they get how can they develop a more diverse group on twitter what can they do give them a couple of top tips I would suggest that they follow. I mean, we, we've got a lot of platforms, um, you know, on Tuesday with a tiny voice, Tuesday and Wednesday with um, FF, like I remember what it is, or different hashtags. Um, one that's really, really good as well that Chris Quinn is starting with um, our global educators across the pond in America as well is that Wednesday Wanderings as well come into mm-hmm. all those conversations and then find the key people where they are helping you think a little bit more and think a little bit deeper as well. And if you follow those people, then follow the people they follow. And I think that's that's the reach, that's that's the diversity that you will find the diverse voices within your timelines, within your chat, make those connections. Now, there is an anxiety there as well because you don't know these people in real life, but there's always things like mute and block and whatever it is that I've heard, which I have never used, by the way. I've not used it. I've not had to use it yet, but I'm sure you can as well because it's all about your own personal choices and do use those hashtags as well on Twitter so if you are interested in diversity you know put in the word diversity and see what comes up you know and be prepared to listen sometimes to challenge there will always be you know people who think that's just wrong or if someone is, is you know is talking about um you know some form of racism you know cannot cannot be changed or whatever you can challenge that of course you can but I think something that you talked about as well is about etiquette 
Um, it's about yes. yeah, the, the framework for having such discourse as well, because we don't know who the people behind the accounts are. I've never really met you in real life, you know, but because we've had so many conversations, I've come to know you. But there would be no way in our very first few conversations, if you had said something controversial, I would just challenge you head on, because I think that's not the way of a conversation. That's not the way we learn. That's just the way where self-defense will kick in or flight will kick in, you know. So um, I think back to your question as well. How would you ensure that you're listening to diverse voices? You will need to do a little bit of, of homework as well. And I think you need to do quite a bit of reading between the lines and coming away from Twitter and doing your reading as well. So what are you passionate about? It doesn't have to be about racism, although I, I certainly hope that, that you know, everyone out there would be passionate about eradicating this disease because this is a disease. There is no vaccine for this disease. We all just need to work um, to eradicating it together but there are other other things out there as well you might just have a passion for history or a particular subject or maths mm. or whatever it is go out there and find those people there you will make those connections I think you're absolutely right and I think there is there are a number of forums like Tiny Boys Tuesday Nights although I am slightly biased around that one but also the Wednesday Wanderings where people can just begin to connect in a gentle fashion hear other voices and so on and I think that's really really important that they are just getting that ability to you know just just check in and um and have their voice heard Tori you've just used the word You've just used a word, a very powerful word. And I remember when I first when I first got to know you and started reading your tweets as well, you used to almost advise everyone to go gently. That was almost your, your by yes. phrase. Yes. And you've just used the word gentle. I love that. I absolutely love it. I think I think that's another powerful thing as well. You know, go gently and be kind to yourself, you know, um, and be kind to others as well. Uh, thank you for reminding me about that because that was your by phrase. Oh, my goodness. Almost... It, and I just thought that was just brilliant. Well, I do often at the end of emails, I tend to go go gently yeah. um, because I do think just go gently. You know, everyone, it's we don't need to run into things. Just go gently. You know, yes, it's much easier. I, I'm, I'm all about gentle and fluid, really. So if people want to, and I have no doubt lots of our listeners now will want to follow you. So tell them how they find you on Twitter. Oh, um, well, if they follow you, they'll, they'll be able to find me because I follow you. I'm, I'm like a shadow to you anyway. So it's at Sharifa Lee Four, um, and and I'll be there. And you know, just just come, come, come and connect, come and connect, come and talk, come and converse. You know, I'm all one for connecting and learning from others. I mean, I learn, I learn from you, and I, I learn from so many people every single day. Um, you know, even the ones I don't agree with, I still learn from them. <laughs> It's, I think that's what's important. It's important to just not think that we know all the answers. And that's what I love from Twitter. Every day I learn something new. And if I go back to why I love teaching, it's because teaching is just hand in hand with learning. To be a great teacher, I need to be a great learner. And that's what I love. I absolutely love the fact that I learn from people like you. And I am so grateful that you have given up your time this morning to come and talk to me and, um, yeah, be my very first guest. So thank you so much for oh, coming. An absolute pleasure. I can't tell you how much I've really enjoyed our conversation. But then again, I enjoy every single one of our conversations. And I think you're amazing. Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> 
think you're amazing. So just we could, we, we could, we could just carry on like this all day. It's like, you're amazing. Oh, no, you're amazing. Like, you're more amazing. I know. No, actually, you are more amazing. If we could just carry, like you said, carry on, you know, let's have this battle. Who will win? Um, anyway, uh, right. Well, thank you again, Toria. And um, yeah, onwards and onwards. Thank you. And Yes, absolutely. And what I've said to our listeners is that, you know, if they, if they want to come on, all they need to do is message me on my blog with ideas for what they want to talk about. Cause this is tiny voice talks and it's about voices being heard. Voices are just like yours. So thank you, Sharifa. And thank you to everyone for listening. Mm-hmm.